week's episode of MCW Fancast. My name's Emma, thanks for listening. On this week's show, I'm joined by Dave and Jane for the OSC as we look back on the weekend's game against Brighton and Hove Albion in our first home game of the season at the Academy Stadium. We also look ahead to our FA Cup quarter-final game against Leicester City, but first hear from Gareth Taylor and Hope Powell following full-time at the Academy Stadium. Well, I thought the performance up until the final third was actually uh, was actually quite good. Some consistent moments built up through the thirds quite well, and obviously we're fully aware that um, we had numerous opportunities to score and our decision making a little bit, and coupled with some good defending and, and their goalkeeper making saves. Just that final part was the bit that let us down. Of course, we have to give the opposition some credit, but I would still expect more from our players. We were free scoring in pre-season, um, and you know we know the capabilities of the, of the team and the players that we have. Um, obviously, when we came in nil-nil at half-time, where we could argue, arguably be two or three up, we then move into the second half, where the longer it goes on with their scoring, sometimes the anxiety kicks in a little bit which affects decision-making and trying to maintain calmness with the players and hope that uh, someone's going to just create that moment for us. And we had some moments where, we, like, like you say, this happens in football a lot and it's a frustrating part of it. Um, and the girls will learn from it. And, um, you know, the good thing was is that it was a point. Where I never felt that we looked like losing the game at all at any point. Um, I thought there was only one team that was going to win it and we just needed that goal. I felt if we got a goal, even with 20 minutes to go, I thought we'd probably go on and win three or four nil. We have a, a talented squad. We have players who are capable of scoring goals. We know that. We've got good pedigree within our ranks. And um, sometimes you get these games. Sometimes it happens at all levels where you dominate, you get chance after chance. And uh, for one reason or another, you just can't quite find that moment. So that's football. I think potentially the team that wins the league this season will probably be... Uh, points low because I think a lot of teams will take points off of one another we've seen that already within the first two games so um, all we can do is concentrate on ourselves um, regardless of what's happening elsewhere we just need to control what we're doing maintain the positives and, and keep working on things potentially I think the longer you have these players in um, then the chemistry improves a lot so we um, we had options today. We, uh, we had options within the squad. We felt it was the right moment. They looked comfortable to introduce them. Obviously, now we go off for international break. So we, we looked at um, making the most of this moment and trying to integrate them. And we did that. And I, and I felt that their performances were comfortable. Um, but yeah, again, we're, we're obviously going to improve as a, as a team the more we train with one another. Apart from the first couple of weeks of training, after that, we were... Uh, training as normal if I'm honest you know and to take all the considerations in that affect us with COVID but um, no I, I think you know, it's uh, we're obviously understanding some of our players were elsewhere and fulfilling their commitments with their other teams so that was um, slightly frustrating particularly with a couple of American players and then Lucy and Alex but it is what it is. It's similar for the other the other teams, other players, um, other managers. So we have to we have to make the best of it. And like I say, we'll improve the more we we're, we're together. The only pressure we put on ourselves is the is the ones that we create. Um, we can't control what's happening elsewhere. We just have to control the controllables and focus on ourselves, um, irrespective of what's happening elsewhere. I, I think over the summer we worked really really hard. Um, 
in terms of being a little bit more resilient, um, structure, you know, game plan. I think we brought in obviously some new players that, that could help us with, with the way we want to play and the way we want to progress. Um, and I think today in particular, we were very, very organised. Um, we worked on trying to stifle their play. I think we did that well at times. Um, and I think more importantly, everybody just, you know, played their part um, right until the last whistle and, and, you know, competed for everything. So it was a real team effort today. Yeah, I think so. And that's something that, that we, we certainly highlighted this week. If, if, you, if you do your job well, if, if you, you know, if you execute the game plan well, if you are hard to beat, you give yourself the best possible chance. And, and we've worked on that this week. Um, and it's not about playing the name. It's about playing in the moment, playing the game as it stands in the here and now. Um, and we really try to focus on that today, focus a little bit more on ourselves and, and our strengths, um, knowing what their strengths are, making sure we kind of counter that and nullify that as much as we could. I think, you know, for a large proportion of times, we did it very well. Um, you know, started to tire a bit, but, but, you know, came back again. Everybody dug deep. Um, and it's a real team effort. And I think everybody, I, I, it'd be really difficult for me to single any player out, to be honest. I think everybody played a part. And because of that, we were able to come away with something today. I think there's every, the reality of it is that the, the more players you bring in, um, of that calibre who are probably expecting to play, um, the less of an opportunity it will give to other players, uh, English and otherwise. Um, and, and that's the challenge at, at the moment. It, the, the WSL seems to be the place to be. Um, and, you know, you, you've, you know, players will get left out. You, you can only play 11 players at any one time. And, and you know, if you've got a squad of of, I don't know, 25 and the majority of them are foreign players and you're a young English player trying to, to break in, I think it's going to be a tall, tall ask. Um, so certainly, I, I think that could be an issue going forward. That being said, there will be a homegrown player rule in next year, which, which will maybe alleviate that, that issue. I, th I think that's, that's the task um, that I set, set myself. I set the players, it is about competing. I think if you are prepared to work hard enough to compete, you give yourself the best chance. I mean, and, and you, you've got to play in the moment. You, you know, it's no good worrying about opposition names and who they have and haven't got. It, it, it's irrelevant until you get on the pitch and you play. And so for me, it's really important to play in the moment. Um, you know, work hard. If you work hard and you, you believe in yourself, you give yourself a really good chance. And I think that's what we did today. Um, as I said before, it, it, it was about trying to focus on us and, and really, um, you know, respecting the fact that, you know, we're not here to make up numbers. We've, we've got to start competing and be ambitious in, in how we set our stall out. And, and, you know, a bit of belief and a bit of resilience, um, you know, being able to, to, to go one-on-one -on -one if you have to, being able to you know, set yourself a challenge of, of playing against arguably some of the best players in the world. Um, and don't be afraid of that. And I think our, our girls did that very well today.
speak to you. It's been a while. How are you both keeping? Are you all well? Yeah, good, thank you. Like you say, it's been a while. It feels like so long since we've kind of chatted, so it's nice to have a chat with you. Hi, Emma. Nice to speak to you, as always. So on Sunday, Man City Women face Hope Powell's Brighton and Hove Albion in their first home game of the season campaign. Played behind closed doors, a very difficult game to analyse. Points dropped or a point game? What's your, what's your viewpoint on Sunday's game? Most games at home, you'd fancy us to beat Brighton. We all fancied us to beat Brighton before the game. But um, you get those sort of games and having watched the game, um, Brighton had a game plan and, and performed really well. The goalkeeper had a great game. You could say City maybe slightly off, had an off day in terms of finishing, certainly. Maybe not in the overall performance, but the finishing was a little bit wayward at times. Um that happens in football, doesn't it? But, I mean, you have to hold your hands up and say Brighton were probably well worth a point on the day. It's disappointing, but from our point of view, I, I would have to say it's two points dropped. Do you agree, Jane? Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's a game that before Andrew would say we would be looking to get three points from that game. Um, and I think that, you know, we did have kind of an off day in front of goal. Our passing throughout the game, I don't think, was as on point as it usually is. Um, so I think those things kind of contributed. Like Dave said, you know, Brighton came with a plan and they executed it well. And uh, yeah, good luck to them for it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, well-executed game plan from Brighton and a, a worthy player of the match performance as well from goalkeeper Megan Walsh, who really kept Brighton in it. I mean, they certainly made it difficult for us, but wasted opportunities, like I said, really cost us in that final third. And we seem to lack, for me, seem to lack that sense of urgency and, and a, a bit of intensity, which only really showed for me in the last sort of five minutes or so of the game. It really was frustrating, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the first half particular was very pedestrian. Um, you know, it never really got going. Uh, maybe if we'd have scored early, that could have changed and everything would have flowed. But you know, there are mitigating circumstances. We have got new players in the side and, you know, it's difficult. You know, a new manager, new ideas maybe just take a little while just to bed in and, and get over to the players. But having said that, you know, the 11 players on the pitch, you know, you would still fancy to beat Brighton at home. Um, but nobody has a divine right to win every game. I mean, Brighton, I think I'm right in saying Brighton took points off Chelsea last season as well. So on the day... You know, Brighton are a decent side. Um, you know, so you've got to you've got to perform in every game because drawing games like this cost us the title a couple of years ago. So we didn't lose that many games that season, but we drew quite a number. I remember drawing against Bristol home and away. You know, it's effectively cost us the title. So these games are important, but it is early days. We can make the ground up, but we can't afford too many more off days if that's what it was. Like I said, those draws that. I mean, they weren't last season, but the season before, you know, were evidently costly in our sort of season campaign. And they were drop points and they were vital points in the end. It, Like you said, it's so early in the season and we don't want to obviously lose the the hope and the optimism that we started with, do we? Well, I'll say, I mean, WSL is quite a short league, really. There's, there's not that many fixtures, you know. There's only there's only the amount of teams, isn't it? You play each other home and away. And it, you haven't got that much time to play... Uh, catch up against the top sides who to be fair have all started very well haven't they Chelsea yeah. Arsenal have flown out the blocks um, on Sunday the goals they were knocking in um, but you know you, you can afford the odds slip up but certainly not you know not too many because you can get it back you have got to play those teams and as we perform like we have done in the past seasons against the top sides we know we can beat them on our day as well so 
but it's it's not a crisis. I've seen some people panicking on, <laughs> yeah. on Twitter and stuff. I don't it's been a bit of panic. It's just, it's just, it is two drop. It is what it is. It's two drop points. But we we can pull it back. But obviously, we can't keep doing that because, as you said yourself, draws are very costly in this league if you get too many of them. And and with Brighton, it seems to have been a bit of a slow build for Hope Powell, but they really are one of those teams now that oppositions can't really underestimate. Definitely, I think kind of Brighton have been one of the teams that have really consolidated in the league. And, you know, when they first arrived in the league, it was one of the teams you thought, all oh, right, great, we can go and play Brighton and get some points. But now you have to you have to really be on your game to be able to get points against them. So hopefully they, you know, they'll do the same against the other top teams and do us a favour by taking points off everyone else. Definitely. We could, could do with a bit of that. Looking at the lineup for Saturday, uh, for Sunday, sorry, um, obviously, Lucy Bronze, um, you know, made a second debut for the club to, since returning back to the club from Leon. But were you probably surprised to see Alex Greenwood move straight into the starting eleven with Stokes having played so consistently at left back? I probably was quite surprised with a couple of the names in the lineup when I first saw it. Um, like you say, Alex coming straight into the side and Lucy, because you might have thought that they wanted um, Gareth might have wanted to bed them in slower, maybe coming off the bench, but. He obviously thought that, you know, that they could accommodate them in the side. Um, I was quite surprised to see Laura Coombe start the game, mm. um, you know, ahead of some of the other options. I was hoping we were going to see Rose Lavelle, but obviously that's being held back, um, hopefully for after the international break. Uh, so, yeah, there was a couple of surprises, but obviously he's, he's brought these players in and we've got, you could argue, we've got two top-class players pretty much in every position now as well. So in the past, I know Nick suffered from, you know, not being able to rotate with quality, with the same quality over the season. And I think that's maybe what Gareth was looking, you know, to, to rotate the side, keep it fresh. Certainly, and as I said before, the 11 players on the pitch, you would expect to go out and have won that game. I don't think anyone, even people who were shocked at the lineup, would still, still have said they fancy City to win the game. So, you know, because these are top quality players that you're talking about. It's very early days. Gareth has only recorded a few results since the start of his tenure. But we've had a few fans ask us this week, what are your opinions on Gareth? Um, do you think he's the right man for the job? Uh, did we overestimate that it would take him time uh, take him time to settle in and get a good understanding of the league and manage a team of new, young and more mature and experienced players in the uh, WSL? I think it does take a manager a bit of time, you know, even for somebody like Gareth, who's been around the club and knows the players, it still takes the player to know what's expected of them from him and for him to know kind of the personalities of each player and how to get the best out of them on the pitch. And then obviously, like you said, you know, he's playing in a league, he's managing a league that he's never managed before. So however much he's watched it, it's still going to take a little time for him to get to kind of okay, well, this is what works best for here and this is what works best somewhere else. You know, I think to come in and say, you know, he's going to win every game, you know, 8 nine nil from the start would be a little bit, asking a little bit much of him. But, you know, I don't think, as Dave says, you know, I don't think it's a crisis and I don't think he's the wrong man for the job. I think he's the right man for the job and I think he can do a really good job. It might take a little bit of time to, to be on our top form. There's always a little bit of a bedding in period, even when someone comes from within the club, just because there's bound to be different ideas. I think that's shown a little bit in the three games we've watched so far. Um, it's not a bad thing. I mean, you've got to remember, you know, people are saying, you know, oh, we're behind, we're behind. We're on the same points as Chelsea and things like that. You know, it's not a bad thing. 
there are little worries that I've seen people coming up with on you know on social media, this, that, and the other. But it's early days yet. Let's just you know let them bed in and see how we go, and then maybe people can make judgments at a much later date, and, and, and you know give it a um, a time span to see how we're doing in say how we're doing at Christmas halfway through the season, yeah. and certainly how we're doing at the end of the season. Mm. It's a long season. I think that's realistic. Yeah, exactly. You know, we shouldn't judge anyone after three games, definitely. Yeah, I think that's realistic. You know, you can't make a judgment based on three games, you know, and, and a good pre-season. No. You know, it's 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 going to take time. He's making a transition from the men's to the women's game. You know, some might say there's, you know, it's football, but there is a difference. And, you know, there's a lot of, he wants to kind of, he's got some ideas and he wants to instill those into the team, into the players. And, you know, I've noticed a difference in how we're playing, you know, and we have had a lot of changes coming at the club as well. And he's supported by, you know, uh, an established backroom staff as well that, you know, have been and worked with the team for a long time as well. So, you know, with the likes of Alan Mann working beside him and, supporting him as well and I'm, I'm not worried yeah. no and he's got Jill Scott on, on his uh, coaching staff as well now as well yeah. who you know certainly knows this league inside out and stuff and I'm sure that her input's um, you know very valuable to Gareth uh, as you say Alan Alan's been around a while as well um, you know but Nick had, Nick had um, periods like this he had the period last year I think when we lost three on the trot we were out of Europe and we lost to United in the Conti Cup and we lost to Arsenal. These, everyone has these bad runs. You know, it's unfortunate for Gareth that he hasn't hit the ground running and won all three games, you know, because then no one would be saying a word, would they? Got to remember, you know, we lost a, a community shield to Chelsea where we played all right for the first hour, but Chelsea, you know, Chelsea took the chances we didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we won at Villa. And then, we, you know, we've drawn on the plus. Let, let's look at the pluses. You know, we've, we've got the clean sheets, two clean sheets in the league. So... You know, there was people saying that we had suspect defence and stuff. So that's that's good. Yeah. Because we've kept two clean sheets so far. And I think, you know, that, that's to be commended. And try, try and focus on some of the positives. But as you said before, Emma, it's very early days yet. Mike and Alan have asked, um, after what looks like a slow start to the season, how do you see our title prospects after the other clubs blew away their opponents? Has the first couple of rounds of game made you rethink your pre-season predictions? Well, not from, from me personally. I mean, I don't know about Jane Sharp. So you can go through her predictions in a set. My, I wouldn't change my predictions. I think, I still think, um, well, who we thought were going to be the top teams will be the top teams. Yeah. And I think two of them are already proving that on Sunday, Chelsea and Arsenal. We've always known their quality outfits. Arsenal have always been very, very clinical. Um, Chelsea have got such a fantastic squad. They're bound to be up there. Um, yeah, so no, I don't change my pre-season predictions. Um, would I like to have six points instead of four? Yes. But, you know, we haven't, so we, we, we move on and we make sure we win the next game, which I think the next league game is Tottenham at home. It's another home game. So, you know, we need to make sure we're focused and ready for that one because that is now even more important. We have to get three points from it and, you know, and, and move on. But, no, I don't, I don't change my predictions. Uh, and the same for me, you know, I predicted that City would, would be up there challenging and hopefully winning the league and I, will, I would stick with that. Like you say, you know, you don't you don't win the game over the first one or two rounds of the season. We've got the same points as Chelsea now. You know, yes, we dropped two points against Brighton, but I think it's it's inevitable that you're going to drop points here and there over the season. It's just making sure that the next game comes and we aim to get the three points, iron out those little little difficulties with, that we've got. So whether it's that we're not quite being clinical enough or, you know, whatever it is with our passing that went wrong, kind of iron out those little things. And I think 
we're still definitely uh, definitely up there. Do you feel, I mean, I mean for me, like looking at the, the last few performances, it is literally when it comes down to the finishing in front of goal, really. We had the chances. Um, it's something that Nick meant, it's nothing new, this. It's something that Nick mentioned many times that he didn't feel that the team was clinical enough. Um, so we do need to be more clinical. We've lost Pauline Bremer as well, who scored a lot of our goals last season. Those goals have to be replaced. Yeah. And I'm sure that Gareth and the team are aware of that. You know, we do need to be more clinical. Yes. So if there is a criticism, it's that, you know. But I'm sure that'll come. Yeah, because yeah, we are talking about fine margins as well, aren't we? You know, mm. if those three shots had resulted in three goals, it'd be a very different kind of conversation that people would be having about the team at the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's not... I'd be more concerned if we weren't having those opportunities and we weren't having those chances on goal. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're creating, um, you know, I, I feel like... I think um, one of the other positives has been the form of, we talk about bedding, new players bedding in and everything. I think we should give a mention to Chloe Kelly mm -hmm. because in the three games she's played so far, I think she's been outstanding. Um, I didn't watch her every week last, last year at Everton. So, you know, I didn't see her week in, week out. And when I did see her, I thought she was a bit more of a central striker than, than where we've played her. So if that's right and she's actually out, almost like almost a new sort of position or a new role, then even greater credit to her because she's been outstanding in all three games. So if we're going to focus on positives, she is definitely one for a, you know a young player coming to a new club. Sometimes it could take a lot longer for her to bed in. She has hit the ground running right from that very first game in the uh, Community Shield. I thought she's been outstanding. So I'd like to give her a mention and say well done to her for the first three games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you would like to know what your thoughts were on the We're Not Really Here match coverage on uh, game day on Sunday? Uh, what did you make of it? Yeah, so I thought it was really good that, that there was a whole pre-match show dedicated to it. I think that City gave it the um, the, the respect and the credit that it, that it deserved as a home game. You know, it was treated in kind of a high regard. We're having a full pre-match show. Um, I really enjoyed the insight from Megan and uh, Aoife. I thought that it was kind of some really some really good opinions, some really honest feedback. Um, it was nice to see our OSC flags hanging kind of on the stand. So even though we couldn't be there, just a little reminder for the players, um, you know, that we're, we're kind of watching and thinking of them and supporting them from home. So I think that was quite nice to see. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well as you might. Obviously, we'd all rather be there. Let's not kid ourselves. But it is what it is at the moment. We're not allowed to be there. So I thought it was good. And it's always good to watch Aoife, isn't it? She's always a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I loved I just got good loved opinions and, and, and insight and stuff. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I just loved her brutal honesty. <laughs> Full yeah. time, she was great. Yeah. Uh, she just, I think she just told it like how everyone was thinking. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I really enjoyed yeah. it, to be honest. It, I thought it was really good. I mean, you know, it, it didn't differ um, so much to that of the, the men's coverage that we've seen, you know, with the, the Premier League games behind closed doors. And it was really insightful and it was nice to have, you know, to, to hear from Megan and to hear from Aoife before the game, during and after as well, because I think it, it does give that insight that perhaps fans don't get to see. Yeah, it's like a little extra. It's almost like, you know... The club are saying, you know, we understand it's really hard for you guys who come every week and you can't be here because we all know we would be there. And so they're just trying to make it a little bit. I mean, it's not the same. Don't get me wrong. It's not the same thing, but it's the club doing their little bit. And I think things like that are important. 
like you say, I mean, it was, it's, it was basically exactly the same as what they do when the men are playing the home games, you know. And it just makes you feel a little bit closer to the action on the day, I think, mm-hmm. or as, as close as it can. Yeah. Hopefully, at some point in the future, we can get back in there safely and, and start supporting them in person again. Yeah, and it was also a nice touch by the club to do the names of the season tickets holders as well um, around the, was. the digital boards. It was, it was. I couldn't see anything because my eyesight's terrible. What Jane was pointing <laughs> them out to me. Oh, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so. Um, yeah, so uh, we saw quite a number. We did. We saw loads of names that we kind of recognised. Um, so it was really nice to see them and just, you know, just made you feel a little bit more part of the day. So I think it was a really nice little touch. Yeah. Yeah, even I though I didn't see my name, I couldn't I find it online. I'm sure it was there somewhere. <laughs> I we saw yours, Emma. Pardon? We did. We saw yours. Yours go across, and we saw a few others. Oh, did you see it? I didn't see it, so I was like, "Oh, they mustn't have used it." Yeah, yeah, definitely saw yours. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That, that's really nice. I didn't even, I didn't even see it, so that's that's nice to know that it was there. That's cool. Um, yeah, you were definitely there. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I think we, we just need to move on from this game now. Uh, I think there'll be a lot for the, the players and the team to, to take away, to analyse and to work on, you know, for, for the next game, which will be uh, our well overdue quarter-final tie against Championship side Leicester City. game was originally scheduled for the 15th of March, I think, 2020. So just as play was suspended due to the pandemic. How much do you think City will be looking to bounce back from the weekend to ensure their progression in the FA Cup? Well, yeah, it's an FA Cup quarter-final. Um, it'll be tough. Obviously, we saw the draw that if the winners of this tie got a home draw in the semi-final, so there's another incentive. Mm-hmm. Um, That's rare. <laughs> it's very rare. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's, it's a massive game, isn't it? Because it's a FA Cup quarter-final. It's certainly not going to be easy. I think Leicester have improved a lot. Uh, they've fought well this summer, Leicester, since we, uh, since we would have played them at the end of last season. I think, it is, if anything, it's actually a harder game now than it was going to be. And it wasn't going to be yeah, easy as it was. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a tough one, that Leicester away. I think, uh, I think we'll be tested there. But I certainly think we can come through it. And then if we win that, we would be at home the same the following Wednesday, I believe, to the winners of Arsenal and Tottenham. So it's a big week. And with with the Leicester game, obviously, they it was a, a competition for them. It was a, a big result, really, wasn't it, for them to, to progress in um, the FA Cup? Was it Reading? Did they beat Reading? They beat Reading, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, it was. Yeah, played, I mean big, Reading. Big result for yeah, them. That that was a great result. I mean, we know Reading are a good side. Um, and so to beat ready, it shows you the level they were at, and I think they've improved as well. So this is a t- they'll be right up for this. It'll be a real typical cup tie, you know, um, the team from the lower division at home. Unfortunately, not there won't be the fans and the atmosphere we would have had. Um, you know, with both uh, sets of fans have been in, but even so, it's still a, a massive opportunity for Leicester. They'll see it as a home draw. Um, so yeah, it's a typical cup tie. And it's certainly City, City will have to perform well. To, to win and, and yeah, definitely City will have to take it really seriously and it's one of those where the home team kind of Leicester have got nothing to lose really on it you know it's mm. nobody's expecting them to win so they can just go all out play their game and if they get a result then that's uh, real credit to them they signed Natasha Flynn haven't they in the summer and she started with a couple of goals former City player so there's one to watch yeah and and they've had a really big week as well in the media with um 
Emil, Emil Heske uh, committing mm. to the club and the, the growth and development of the women's team and making that transition from the part-time to full-time outfits. They, they really are making some, some big strides in, in the right direction, aren't they? Yeah, it's good to see. Um, teams like uh, Leicester and Sheffield United in that division as well, they look like they're going in the right direction. They're getting the backing from, from the parent clubs and, like you say, going professional in Leicester's case. Uh, appointing Emil Heskey, was it his official title? Something like an ambassador for the women's team? Well, mm-hmm. obviously, he's a, he's a big name in Leicester's history. So it's, people are going to sit up and take notice when they see that he's involved. It's, that's all, all that's all good for the women's game. Obviously, we want the women's game to grow and things like that are good. Um, that teams like Leicester are, are you know, really serious about the women's team. That's good to see. And how would you feel about obviously progressing and potentially facing either Tottenham or Arsenal in the next round? If, you know, a home draw makes a nice change, I think we can beat anyone at home. Typical that we get a home draw when we can't go to the game. Yeah. <laughs> so true. That just sums it up. <laughs> yeah, if, we, if we'd have all been allowed to go, we'd have got Chelsea away, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, we, we can't worry about that, can we? we? Let's worry about the Leicester game and then we'll worry about the semi-final if we beat Leicester. But yeah, it's nice to get home. It's another added incentive, but it is for Leicester as well. It's an incentive that you're at home in the semi-final and, you you know, at the moment we're two games from Wembley. We beat Leicester, we're one game from Wembley. That You know, you don't need more incentive than that, do you, surely? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, let's just go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we want to be the only team to win the FA Cup twice in one season. Yeah, no, I mean, it's nice to, to obviously have the league. We're obviously in the middle of an international break at the moment, but, you know, to get straight back into a cup yeah. uh, is nice, I think. You know, it's given that it's obviously been so long as well, I really enjoy the cup competition. So it's great that we can head straight back into that as well. Yeah, it's good that they're finishing it, really. I'll be honest with you, when it when the league got cancelled last year, I was pretty sure they were going to cancel the FA Cup. I thought it was just a given that, mm. you know, they were probably just going to call that void as well, which might have meant the results in the previous rounds would have been voided. And when you consider that we beat United away and then we put 10 past Ipswich, I didn't want those results to be voided because they were important. You know, a derby win's great, no matter what the competition and a record win against Ipswich, and a great, which was a great day out for everybody, and a great day with the Ipswich fans. I didn't want those games to become null and void, and I'm really pleased they haven't. Whatever happens from here on in in the cup, you know, it means that those are still official results as well. So I was pleased about that because I did fear that obviously it was just going to be cancelled when the, when the uh, when they cancelled the league. So I was pleased. So I am glad they're finishing it. It's good to see. Yeah, and it's a little bit of history that you know we've got a chance to win it twice. Yeah, because there has been a little bit of a debate about finishing the FA Cup for last season and this season campaign. I mean, are you for or against it? You're happy, obviously, that it's not been nil and voided, but given we're sort of starting the season but finishing the FA Cup last season, or would you have rather seen it done and dusted before the start of the season? Um, No, I'm quite happy to see the games taking place, to be honest. I think... As we said before, you know, the WSL season, there aren't that many games in it compared to like a Premier League season or something where you've got to fit so many games in a season. So, you know, it's not it's not a massive amount of games. And I think the FA Cup is important and it's important, you know, for the teams like Leicester who are in it now to kind of be able to say, you know, we got to a semi-final or we get to a quarter-final or wherever it is they end up getting. And yeah, it's a bit unorthodox to play it 
in the next season on but I think everything at the moment is a bit unorthodox and is kind of a bit of a learning curve so you have to sort of go with it and just you know see see what you can do definitely yeah I mean they could have possibly played them at the start of the season and played them all within a week or but I suppose they wanted to keep the prestige of a Wembley final so they had to arrange when they could have it around that and things like that so you know, we give the FA a bit of stick for certain things, but I, I personally am quite pleased that they're still playing this FA Cup. So, you know, fair play to them. A little quick one, but on, on the weekend, we've seen a test event take place uh, with the West Ham and uh, the Arsenal game. The FSA had put out a fan video. Uh, did you see it? Um, and what did what yes. were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I did. I watched it and I would advise anyone to watch it. If you go to the FSA's Twitter uh, feed, it's on there. I think, it was, I think it was a lady called Joe from the West Ham Supporters Club have done like a video of the day just to show the sort of things that were in place. Yeah, it, look, it looked well done. I think they felt that one thing they pointed out to the West Ham fans on it pointed out it was a new ground for them as well on Saturday. It's the first time they'd played it. Is it Dagenham they're playing at now? Yeah. It's the first time they played there. So, you know, things were a little bit strange for them on top of everything else that they were going to a new ground. But it seemed to be well organised. They all seemed to be happy with the way it was done. Uh, it seemed to be safe, which is the, the utmost thing, mm-hmm. um, people's safety. Uh, so overall, um, looking at that video, it, it looked good. And I would advise anyone, if they want to see what it was like, to have a look at that video. As you say, Emma, on the FSA's Twitter site, it's the easiest place to, to see it. Yeah, the free, it's, it's free, at free Lionesses have got it as well, which is like the fans group. So if you go on at free Lionesses on Twitter as well, they they've put it up as well so yeah it's really worth watching because it's quite interesting to everyone you know like ourselves that go to the games because mm. I, I suppose like a lot of fans have got um some reservations maybe about going back to games and and what kind of uh, measures will be implemented yeah i think it's like you say it can do a little bit to just allay some of the fears that some fans might have about going back in about actually is it possible to go back into a stadium at all and if you watch that you think yeah, you know, it, it might not be exactly the same as it was before and there are extra rules that you've got to follow and different protocol that you've got to follow, but you can get back in there safely. So it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. It's a bit of a different situation with Manchester being a hotspot, but hopefully it won't be too long before fans are back in the stadium enjoying the football again. But uh, for now, unfortunately, we've got to enjoy the games behind closed doors and at home. Um, and guys, hopefully it won't be long before I see you again. Because <laughs> it yeah, just I hope not, yeah. so long. It's, it's, a, it's difficult, isn't it? None of us want it to be like it is, but it is. But we want, we want them to get it right and to do it safely, you know, like West Ham did Saturday. Um, you know, whether that be just home fans to start with, maybe in test areas that are safe to do it, things like that. So we want all these test events to go as well as they can go. And then, you know, because the initial... Uh, the ultimate aim is to get us all back to games safely and, you know, it's what we all want. So I'm all for all these tests that if they can go well. And like you say, Emma, hopefully one day soon we will meet up yeah. and uh, be back in the ground together. Yeah. It is just really great, though, that this, the FSA are um, sharing the feedback and sharing the response from fans and, and to help put fans um might help for questions and minds at ease really as well like you say yeah the fsa have been very good we've got this this group of uh supporters clubs all together now from different clubs trying to work together for the good of the women's game with the fsa's help this was something that was going to happen anyway this year uh obviously it's all been 
pushed forward faster in a way because of what's happened this year with the uh, COVID nineteen and everything. We've had we've had problems to deal with that we didn't think we you know we, no one saw coming sort of thing. So it's it's good though, but it's one good thing to come out of it has been has been the FSA and, and and the talking between the clubs and the fans and you know hopefully we can work together to solve you know get to a situation where we're all back at games. Well, guys, it was really great to catch up with you. Thank you for joining me on this week's podcast. And do you just want to give a a bit of a shout out to the to the Twitter account? Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously we we're on Twitter. It's mcwfc underscore osc. You can find out stuff on there if we do. You know, at the moment we're not doing any events or anything, obviously. But when we do, uh, we have the, we run the coaches to away games normally in normal seasons, and we have our events and we put all the news and stuff up on there. Anyone's welcome to join us, follow us, tweet us, uh, interact. We have a Facebook group as well. Um, happy for anyone to join that. So come along and have a chat. Well, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Um, thanks again, Dave, Jane. Thank you for joining me, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Take Emma. Care. Nice See to you see soon. You. Bye. 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 And that's it for this week's episode of MCW Fancast. Thanks to Dave and Jane for the OSC for joining me on this week's show. Really hope you've enjoyed it. Manchester City's next fixture will be in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. The game will be played on Sunday the 27th of September and kickoff is 2 o'clock. We're not too sure on the live coverage for this game yet. Um, if you follow us on Twitter though, at MCW Fancast, as soon as the information becomes available, we will of course tweet that out. Unfortunately, some not so good news from me to end the podcast on this week. We're going to take a bit of a break. Uh, we will be back, but we won't be back until about the 2nd of October, uh, which isn't that long, really. It's only a couple of weeks. So um, make sure you have a good couple of weeks and stay safe.